Welcome back to Tooth and Appalachia. I'm Jeremy, and hopefully you guys are doing good uh, wherever you're listening in from. So I reckon you didn't expect me back as soon, and to be honest with you, I didn't either, but uh, right now we're working on the format, and I'm sitting down and, and trying to figure out how to get this interview shit going. We tried it the other day, and it sends them like an invite, and whenever they go to get into it, it says webpage can't be found, so... We're trying. We're fucking trying. And that's that's been something we're trying to work through. And we're also uh, just trying to set everything up to where it sounds more professional. Also, I'm going to try to record it on a computer this time around. So that's going to be a whole different thing. If I can, I don't even know if I can or not. Uh, I'm going to try to. <laughs> I haven't tried on a computer. <clears throat> but I thought maybe... It would be easier to do that, you know, to set it up, hook the the headset up, or maybe do a headset. And a, I don't know. I'm trying my best, people, to be uh, right professional and, and so forth. But uh, <laughs> I miss I miss my cardboard boxes. You know, first season was fantastic because you just had this cardboard box sitting there, and every week you'd have a different box. Uh, sometimes my boxes would get thrown away, and, and other times I was just using DVD cases. I had the whole Hellraiser collection sitting here at one point with a damn phone sitting on top of it. So, uh, we're we're trying to make a, a more professional podcast for that other one. This one's probably, <laughs> probably just going to stay the damn same. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I reckon. But, uh, it's... It's been interesting. A couple of weeks I've gotten everything. I've burned through a lot of stuff that I needed to do. Got some writing done. Got some drawing done. And uh, worked on some paintings. Really trying to get better at that. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with painting. But I'm learning. Right? So it's, it's a learning process. And I've tried watching people do it online, and I've tried to learn, like, techniques, but I'm going to be honest with you, the best way that I learn is just to do it. And if I fuck up, I fuck up, and then just try to fix it and go on. So, got a little bit of that done, and uh, what else I've been doing? I mean, it's reading, a lot of reading. Uh, take care of the family. <laughs> I need to cut my grass a little bit. Went outside and got some, uh, looked around and seen what was, what was growing out back. Did a lot of that and kind of taking note of what's out there. Uh, I decided to not cut grass out back because there's a lot of stuff out there that is growing that I can use. So I'm going to let a lot of it grow up and there's a few things I'm going to cut out there and, and trim up. Uh, obviously we need certain areas, uh, you know, cleared out, but uh, I'm going to try to preserve some of those areas. That way I can, I can go out there and pick some, uh, some of those plants whenever I need them and also need to set up a place in here to, uh, dry out some stuff. But anyways, um, it's been it's been eventful. It's been interesting. <laughs> My doctor called the other day and they said, uh, "You know, are you seeing another doctor?" And I said, "No, I ain't seeing no other doctor." And they said, uh, "Would you like to come in for an appointment?" And I said, "No, no, not rightly." And they said, "Well, you, it's been about a year and a half since you've been here." And I said, "Well," I said, "Yeah." <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want me to say about that, but yeah. And uh, she said, he'd really like to see you for a checkup. And I was like, fuck it, just just do it. I hate doctors. And it's nothing to my doctor. Like, I like my doctor, but I don't want to see him. Uh, he's a nice guy. He, you know, he's cool. I feel comfortable with him. I just don't care to see him. Uh, you know, I've been in a hospital a lot. First couple of years of my life, I was, I was stuck in a fucking tent in the fucking hospital. Like, got in and out. Uh, there for the first five years of my life. Uh, you know, 
most of my family has worked in hospitals, so then that's that's a whole thing. Most of the people that I grew up with are working as EMTs or in a hospital. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, I've got you know the, you know mom having to go to all of her appointments and everything. I have to deal with all that. So I don't want to go to the hospital. <laughs> I try to stay the fuck away from the hospital. But, uh, I, you know, I said, you know, fuck it. Just go on and set me up an appointment. I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks. And they said, nope. And they said, two days. And I said, shit. <laughs> so I had to go in, but um, I have a cyst on the back of my neck. Right? I've had it since 2014. And it's been down, like, underneath the skin. You couldn't tell it unless you, like, rubbed your finger over it. And it felt like a little BB under the skin. And they said it would get inflamed. Sometimes it'd get infected. Um, and if it gets infected again, they'd have to go in and, and cut my neck and, you know, scalpel it out. So I was like, all right. Well, it didn't pop back up until just recently. Like, it'd get inflamed every once in a while and then it'd go back down. Usually if I was sick or something, like, for whatever reason, it would flare up. This time around, by God... It, it's fucking, it was huge, fucking ginormous, so, uh, I'm walking around with the goddamn sheep squatch on the back of my neck, and I go in there, and first, he's got, got a problem with my caffeine usage, my diet consists of, uh, chicken and eggs, I'll eat like six eggs at a time, usually. And then, like, chicken, I eat chicken, grilled chicken, like crazy. And, um, he didn't seem to have too much of a problem about that, but he had a lot of problem with the fact that I live off pre-workout and coffee. So, there's that. <laughs> and, uh, after he saw the back of my neck, he said, you know, we're going to we're gonna have to, you know, cut that open. I was like, oh, Really? I kind of got excited. <laughs> I kind of got excited about it. I was like, oh, yeah? And uh, he said, yeah. He said, I'm going to give you some antibiotics. So right now I'm on some damn antibiotics. Make me sicker than a damn dog. But, uh, you know, it busted. It busted the other night. And I'm I'm sitting there and feel something running down the back of my neck. It was blood. A little bit of pus, but it was blood. Oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. So then, all night, just wiping and cleaning. And uh, now it's just blood. It looks like it looks like a goddamn, like I just came out of a saw trap or something. Like it, They got me uh, all tore up, bleeding everywhere, and blood all over the back of my neck and on my back and on my arms and... It's a damn mess, but, you know, it is what it is there. I reckon he ain't going to be cutting it open. It's It's got a damn hole in it the size of a damn, uh, it's a damn buckshot, but, I, I mean, it's it's all fucked up, dude. It's it's a, it's a mess. I got a gaping hole back there. I got blood running down me. There ain't no pus no more. It's blood. A lot of blood. And I reckon I should probably wrap that, but. You know, I ain't got time for that shit. I got a show to run. So, so we're, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be talking a little bit today. We're going to be, uh, going over some things that's on my mind a little bit and kind of what I picked up from reading some of these books specifically because, uh, some of these, some of these books, man, are wild, like, the ones on Appalachian folk magic, I guess what you'd call it. Like, it's, we got to talk about some of this shit. But, uh, yeah, so let's go on and get into it. So, if you follow my Instagram, you know that I've been picking up books lately. And not just typically, you know, cultural books or books on history or whatever. It's been... Uh, you know, this Appalachian witchcraft type stuff, right? 
And I've known some of these books before because I've had them on a digital level. I haven't had hard copies of them. But I had digital versions of them. They got attached to my Amazon account. My Amazon account got shut down because it got hacked. And then they said that it was under investigation and yada, yada, yada. And, and fuck Amazon, essentially, what has happened to the whole thing is it's just got locked out completely. So I can't even access it. Even though I've had credentials with with that account since 2010. So I've lost all my books. So cut to now, I was like, well, fuck it. I'll go on and, you know, if I can find these books cheap enough, because some of them are going for like 40 bucks right now. If I can find them cheap enough, I'll pick up hard copies. And then I'll actually sit down and the ones I didn't read, I'll go and and read through them. And then the ones that I did read, I'll even read through those just to make sure that, you know, I'm not missing anything. So I've been picking these books up and also picked up Doctor and the Devil by Jake Richards, the guy that did um, Backwoods Witchcraft. Now, keep in mind that, you know, I say this all the time, but it bears repeating because you got to understand because a lot of people think that there's a lot of absolutes with this stuff. And even whenever I get messages, even after I've put out a podcast episode and it's, you know, talked about this sort of thing, people still think that there's some sort of absolute way to do this. And there's not. It's an oral tradition. So it's completely, you know, there's there could be a number of ways um, that you can do it. Where I start calling bullshit is whenever we start talking about how it connects to other stuff. So like whenever that hippie chick that um, was across the country, um, and she's she's selling her little seminars or whatever the fuck she was doing, and she's adding all this like political shit in there. Um, whenever whenever she's sitting there saying shit like. Oh, well, warts, you were cast out of the community for having, uh, you know, warts on your fingers and stuff like that. Uh, that, that's not it at all. Unless you lived in some sort of fucking high society, you know, spot, you know, that, that was a normal thing. So whenever she was like talking about like, why there's so many wart spells and all this shit or wart remedies, I was like, man, you, you are fucking full of shit. Um. You know, a lot of people work with their fucking hands. That's just, that's all there is to it. Um, So, warts weren't a big deal like she's putting it out there. So, that's an example of somebody that's just talking out their ass. They're they're bringing over whatever, whatever their narrative is, which is false into something about why there's so many, um, Remedies. When in fact the reason there were so many remedies is because they were so common. That's why. And there's nothing, you know, nobody's getting cast out of the community and all that shit. Nobody's being treated like a leper. Um, it, it was just common. That's why. There's there's nothing to it. So then, that's where it bridges over into the cultural area. Now. I can't speak for the whole region because, like I, you know, like I've said numerous times, I don't know what life is like, you know, in in North Carolina or uh, you know, Eastern Tennessee or even upstate of my own state. I don't know. I can't tell you. That's that's for those people to tell you. I can only tell you what I know. Or else I come off like a dumb fuck. Because it is very unwise for me to talk about something that I have no fucking clue about. So, with that understanding out of the way, right? We have to understand that whenever I'm reading these books and these people are talking about their experiences, I can't, I can't, you know, vouch for that or not. 
So, whenever it also comes to their oral traditions, I also can't vouch for that. It's not history. I can't just be like, well, there's one view that says this. There's one view that says that. Uh, this side of history says this. And people were debating this. I can't say that. So, as far as practice goes, I don't know. And because each family had a different way of doing things, it's up in the air anyways. The reason I'm picking up these books is to see if there's anything useful in them. If there's anything that crosses over with what I know, if there's anything that makes sense with, um, you know, um, with what I'm looking for to take in for my own knowledge, right? The problem is, I feel like a lot of these books are being very romantic with their ideas. And I feel like a lot of these books are being branded or, you know, it's a, it's a business. I know that, you know, I've, I've done comics for a while and helped, helped Trav out with, with the comics. Like I know how publishing is. You know, a dollar is, you know, it goes back into the machine, right? So you buy, if you buy one of my comics, you know, that money, you know, it, it's business. We have to get paid for that because it costs so much just print and everything else. Same thing with theirs, only they're on a massive scale. So it's going to be understandable that they're going to try to market things a certain way, but... I come in very wary about that. Um, let's talk about publishers first. Because the reason we're talking about this is because I get asked a lot to review some of these books. And I've read quite a bit through some of these. And I just want to go over my thoughts right now. And then, of course, I'll, I'll update you on it later. Uh, let's talk about the publishing houses and stuff though. So when we look at something like a a book company that's putting out content, I always look for a company that consistently puts out reliable content. And sometimes there's going to be some shit that comes through there and it's not always going to be good content. It's not always going to be trustworthy content. But the goal is to find one that puts out a good percentage within a, you know, consistently. So, you know, something like Llewellyn, which is trash um, as far as like reliable shit. That's what we call. Uh, you know, mass market bullshit. It's stuff that you can go to a Barnes and Noble or go to a Books a Million, uh, and you go in and you go to the spirituality section, and that's mostly what's cluttering the shelves. Um, you know, uh, five hundred uh, teen witch spells, uh, love spells, voodoo for beginners, and it comes with a cute little voodoo doll. Um. Yeah, stuff like there's no dedication to it. It's 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 a pick up and go system, and there's no real explanation of anything. There's no learning anything. It's literally just here you go, um, fuck off. You give me your twenty five bucks, give me your twenty dollars, and um, you know you too can be a witch. And it really a lot of that stuff is. You know, I've bought books before that have had so much misinformation. Um, and then you also got to look at authors in the same light, right? So somebody like Diana Paxson, whenever I was getting into heathenry, uh, you know, Diana Paxson was one of the first authors that I found because at the time it was really... Um, unlike it is now. Now, people wear Mjolnir's for no fucking reason. There's no real 
they use it as a fashion statement. They use it uh, because they like the Marvel movies. They, uh, I mean, there's, or they, they listen to metal, you know, and so they'll wear the Mjolnir, but back then it wasn't like that. It was, it was really down to, I mean, you had that on a very minor scale. It wasn't until uh, the, I'll say when, the first season, the first episode of Vikings came out. That's whenever it got real big. That's whenever you start to see like a real surge in interest in the, the Norse stuff. Back then, though, you didn't have all this... I mean, you had this marketed bullshit, but it was it was on a significantly smaller scale, right? So I ran into Diana Paxson books first, um, and it was trash. <laughs> it was it it felt new agey. It didn't seem genuine at all. It seemed like it was pandering and bullshit a lot of it was stuff that you could literally take if she would have not uh, repeated herself so much that book would have probably been one-fifth the size it was the book that I had and I forgot what it was I've actually got it sitting through the house somewhere um, in a stack of books but you know I've, I've kept away from her work after that Edra Thorson is somebody that I, I started picking up, and I've I've really uh, tried to make sure that that I've kept up with. If I'm going to read something, I'm going to read something from him. So I tend to go into reading books when it comes to these type of topics. I try to get as much. Uh, as possible, um, my stomach's growling. Somebody's, somebody's gonna go eat some eggs after this motherfucker. Um, you know, I, I try to on these type of topics. I try to make sure that I get something that's reliable. In this case, quite a few of the books that I picked up were from Wiser. And I used to have uh, quite a few books from that publishing company before. And they were okay. But that was a long time ago, and those were old books. So I don't actually know what they've been putting out recently. But quite a few of these are. Um, nothing in particular deals with the... Eastern Kentucky, Southern West Virginia uh, type stuff. A lot of it references hoodoo specifically. And for me, that's kind of iffy. Um, you know, I've, I've known voodoo practitioners, for example, uh, who, who don't even like that word hoodoo. Um, but that's more the way I've always I've always heard it. That was more of an African thing, and that's probably about accurate uh, whenever we're talking further south. So um, that's not so much what I had a problem with. The problem was that it, it's it's used as a, a branding, right? And while it's not explicitly an absolute, an absolute, I think it's going to cause a lot of confusion, right? As this is how it is all over the place. Um, there's not really a name for it, and that that it has been addressed in in one of the books. There's not really ever been a name for it. Now here, they call it, you know, old time religion. But then I'm also aware that there are some people that say old-time religion, and they just mean they're not necessarily talking about like the the laying of hands or, or praying over wounds or anything like that. They're mostly talking about just uh, you know preachers 
going on these big tirades and, and, uh, you know, their sermons. But for me, um, you know, old time religion has always been, you know, growing up in the coalfield specifically up here, like I said, up here, it's a little different. They say old time religion. They're talking about something else back home. Old time religion, um, you know, it, it was a certain cultural thing. And whenever we talk about mountain churches, that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, the spirituality and the gifts that you were given, uh, from birth. And then there's also the, the one thing I will say about that, uh, doctor in the devil book is <clears throat> he makes a, a good point of the difference between what folk magic is and, you know, being, you know, gifted or, or as he calls it, um, conjure, which I've never heard. We, we never called it that. We've never heard back home. We didn't, we didn't use any of the terms they used in any of these books. So whenever he says that we're talking about folk magic, and this is a good distinction. Um, he says that, you know, folk magic is like the basic stuff, you know? Um, so for example, if somebody's got, it, it's something that's more widely known that people do in their everyday lives and they don't really think too much about it. So putting a, you know, uh, a horseshoe above your door or carrying something in your wallet, um, for luck or to keep something, you know, for safety or, um, I don't know, being careful of, of doing something on a specific day or, or whenever you see something like an omen or something, calling that out. But that's that's kind of more along the lines of folk magic. It's something that everybody does necessarily don't think about it um, or don't necessarily think about it, but they, they just do it. It's part of who they are. It's part of how they were brought up. And then, of course, you've got the, as they refer to it, uh, the conjure or the, they call them, what was it, yard doctors and all that stuff. And we never, we never called them that. Either you had a gift or you didn't. So, a lot of these terms I've never heard of in my life. But again, it's one of the things that could just be, it could just be us. So, the stuff where it's a, it's a gift is completely separate from the folk magic. So, things like, um, you know, having the sight or being able to, uh, you know, heal people, things like that are gifts and not everybody can have those gifts. You're born with them and everybody's got, you know, everybody that has one has a, has a different one. And sometimes that coincides with, you know, uh, numerology and so forth. So like, um, you know, the number seven and all that is, is big. So there's, there's, there are certain things that kind of sets it apart <clears throat> and the stuff that they talk about, there's a, a lot of these books will give you for the most part, quite a bit of the same information. If you ain't careful, uh, a lot of it may just be a reiteration, uh, but they, they do have a bit of truth to them as far as um, stuff that I can tell. Now, as far as opinions go, I feel like some of these writers come off like gurus trying to sell you on something. And again, I know it's a business, so I can't say that, that I don't understand because I do. In a way of romanticizing the culture and the lifestyle. I think anytime you make a statement about a way of life, 
especially in today's society, maybe not so much, you know, back in the old days when everybody seemed to belong to a, a tribe, but nowadays it's like nobody really belongs. And I think that's where you start to get folks who, who, whenever you romanticize that stuff, they want to come in and they want to partake in that, to feel like they're a part of something. And in, in that one book, uh, Stobbs and Ditchwater, she says she says some stuff that I, I completely agree with, and then she says some stuff that I kind of raise my eyebrow about. Um, but that you know, whenever whenever we're talking about you know how outsiders will come in and take whatever they want, and then just kind of leave. Whenever you write these books, romanticizing it will also cause that and that's a that's a big issue if that's what you're trying to avoid now if it's not what you're trying to avoid or you're just trying to pass it on because there's a there was a question that was kind of asked in that that you know i understand where it's coming from you know do we kind of let our culture die out with dignity or do we you know open it up for for outsiders and stuff. Uh, and that's paraphrasing, of course. I think there's a third option. Um, I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think you need to open it up for everybody, but I think you should teach it. Because I, th I think a lot of this has to do with your land, right? It's like if I was to go down into New Orleans... And I was, uh, I was down there trying to do my stuff. I mean, I'm sure I could. But when it comes to a regional, um, a regional culture where it's, it's not even like it's a very large group of people. Right, it's not like it's a huge, like it's a whole country, but you're you're in a certain area. Like I could go down there, but the connection would not be the same. Right, they've got their own flavor of things down there. It's like me, you know, being from Logan, and that having a whole different atmosphere. Anybody that's ever, you know trekked from you know anywhere to southern west virginia knows that the further you get and the deeper you get in those mountains it gets a certain feel to it and each part of the state has had a different feel to it for me it's like if i go into tennessee last time i was in tennessee you know big noticeable difference in the energy so i can do that <clears throat> but my connection to the land that I'm from, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a whole nother thing, right? It's not like we're just talking about, uh, you know, gods, for example, or ancestors, even to that extent, um, as far as like far off ancestors, we're talking about, <clears throat> Ancestors that I can go visit their graves right now. We're talking about, you know, places that my people have walked, the ground they've walked, things they've touched, uh, things they've they've manipulated and built or tore down. You know, all in these areas. It's this it's this whole energy of this is. You know, this is my people. This is where. So it's not even like far off ancestors, like my European ancestors. This is my my here and now connection that we've been here for hundreds of years. So these mountains um, are a big part of who I am and a big part of what I practice. So for me, getting on here and talking about this stuff. 
you know, I talk about it for education. Um, also, it opens up dialogue to where people come to me and say, you know, if they're from somewhere else in the region, they'll tell me about um, their practices, which will be different from mine, for example, or stuff that their mammals used to do, which may be different from what my family used to do. So it's really just opening up a way for information to change and people to learn, right? So I think there's a way to do that, and I think there's a way to keep the culture alive without giving in to progress and giving in to modern ideas. So I don't think we have to choose between, you know, do we let our culture die with dignity or do we just, you know, give in? <clears throat> I think you can open up that dialogue and educate. Because, you know, it, even if people want to come here, you know, it, it you have to find what you're connected to. So, I could sit here and tell you all day, you know, and, and it comes off like I'm being exclusionary and so forth but and that's not the case <clears throat> when it comes to this sort of thing the land in particular is what's it's not just like a pagan religion right it's not just um something that you go out here and you honor specific gods right we're not we're not talking about that we're talking about you are you are grounded you are rooted into a place. So that's <clears throat> that's something that whenever you start taking into account, it changes how you go about your life. And it goes it, it changes how you kind of see things. Because I can sit here and say, well, I'm going to honor uh, Norse gods. All right. Or I'm going to honor the Greek gods. Those gods are elsewhere. Right? So, whenever I'm... Whenever I'm doing ceremony... You know, we're doing it specifically to gods... From elsewhere. You know, whether, you know... Any of the, you know, any, just pick a pantheon, right? But they're of those people. But those people, you know, have, have historically traveled and, and still honored their gods. But we're talking about rooted, grounded in the dirt, ancestral religion based on not just European or not just, you know, the African influence or whatever throughout the years, but also um, and the native influence and, and so forth, but also the, um, the land itself. So it's very ancestral. So I don't necessarily, like I said, I don't necessarily think we have to choose with that. I think there's ways that we can go about it to pass on and educate without selling ourselves out. Because romanticizing is just going to cause it, to, um, you know, to, to people to to come here and. Um, just pretty much use up the shit, you know, kind of uh, buy up a bunch of land and start fucking communes that to me is for all the wrong reasons. <clears throat> I don't think that that sort of thing is, is what's best for us. It's a bastardization. 
So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think, I think with that, I think a lot apparently because I've noticed that I'm saying that, but I'm trying to speak and process it in my head. What I'm trying to say, there is a third option. There's probably a couple of other options, but the third option is where I'm standing. So it's not, it's not just, well, we could or we couldn't. Well, you could just do this. This whole podcast has been, I've gotten more messages and support from outsiders than, than people in region. I'm, I'm burning bridges over here, by God. I'm, I'm pissing people off. People, people are probably ashamed of me around here. If they hear me, they're ashamed of me. But I've got, I've got a lot of support from outsiders who are genuinely interested in history and, and so forth. And I'm, I am so glad that I get to, you know, converse with these people and, and be like, yeah, man, like, what do you want? And, you know, uh, what are you looking for? You know, maybe I can point you in the right direction on, on the topic or something, you know. That that makes me happy because, you know, that means all the hell isn't, um, you know, isn't isn't forgotten about and people are, are appreciating that and it's really getting, you know, I, I've gotten emails after the first season, people getting more interested in their local history or their local lore, uh, really starting to find their own ways. Um, so I think, I think there's ways to do this. The fact is overall with these books so far, Marketing or not, I would still read them just because there's some information in there that that's useful, if I'm being honest. Would I pay 40 bucks for some of these books? No. I think the only book that I would spend 40 bucks, uh, 40 bucks on that is on that topic is the uh, Science, Cures, and Witchery. That's about the only one. Because the way that was written, it wasn't written smugly. It it didn't come off a certain way. And the, hell, I spent $50 on the set. Because I got the DVD, which was 20 That's only an hour long DVD. And then $30 for the book. And the DVD is, is not even narrated for the most part. For the most part, it's just old people talking. But to me, that's that's valuable. It's very valuable, very grounded in how that's set up, and uh, I really appreciated how it was done. It was done with with uh, respect. So <clears throat> there's ways we can do this. There's ways that we can bring pride to our people, and I think that there's ways that we can pass on knowledge that's being forgotten. And I also think there's ways that we can inspire other people uh, without uh, making making it a problem. You know, whenever we're talking about outsiders coming in for you know these these new age ideas that they think that that we have. Because that's really what it's about. It's not outsiders specifically. It's outsiders that come in and, you know, just kind of bastardize the belief system or the old ways of doing things and turn it into a bunch of bullshit, you know. <clears throat> to me, uh, you know, there's there's ways around that, I think. You're not you're not always gonna be able to avoid it, but I think there are ways to to not romanticize it. People wanna be a part of something. Right? And that's why I'm 
I believe in tribalism because once you are a part of something, it's part of your own thing. You know, whether that's be, you know, building your clan up or, you know, and, and, and you can be in, uh, you know, taken care of and everybody's looking out for each other or that's, you know, starting a group, whatever the case, once you have your, your own, you really start to find meaning, right? So, I think that's the key, is promoting that sort of stuff as well, but you don't really see that getting promoted too much. You just see, here's base level shit, um, without any expanded worldview. You just see the religious talk without... Without, you know, the clannishness. And it's kind of a beacon for people that don't have anything to come on over to your side. <laughs> and then take a shit and bastardize it. And then try to turn a profit off of it. With their fucking, you know, five-eighths Cherokee and fucking twelve-nineteenths Irish. You know, because that's, that's, that's apparently what the fuck they are. That's what they tell everybody. But, uh, no. I would say pick up, pick up whatever books in regards to those. Just pick them up. If, if you find them for a good price, pick them up. You may learn something out of them. Right now, I can't recommend too much specifically because I'm still going through them. But <clears throat> as of right now, you know, I'm I'm picking up a thing or two here and there whenever I'm reading it and that I didn't know. And of course, with it being, you know, these other areas, I don't know how things are done down there anyway, so it's it's a learning experience for me. But I do think that you should always be careful about what kind of media you consume, especially whenever it comes to educational resources. Uh, so, like, I, I won't, I won't listen to most people unless I know they've been knee deep into shit, you know, if somebody comes off or if they, if they kind of come off as an expert and they kind of come off smug, I don't listen to them. And that's probably, that's probably a downfall of mine. Cause, uh, first thing out of my, my brain is, you know, fuck them. But. I just, I can't stand a smug son of a bitch. I'm so sorry. I just can't, I can't stand them. Somebody comes off smug, I just don't fuck with them. But, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I think some of that's part of the marketing. You kind of want... You kind of want to come off knowing like you know what the hell you, you're doing, of course. And for me, I don't give a shit. Like, I'll tell you what what I've been through or what I know of or, you know, uh, whatever. And I ain't going to tell you a bunch of shit about it. I'm going to be very to the point and straightforward. But I'm not going to dance around it and I'm not going to try to romanticize it. It is what it is. And I don't think it's very marketable. <laughs> that's 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 why this podcast uh, thing is it's kind of at a stalemate right now. Probably I don't know. I ain't looked at the, the analytics. Pro I probably should. You know, I don't I don't give this podcast enough uh, loving like I should. I need to start looking at the analytics and and seeing what people <laughs> what kind of numbers I'm pulling and shit. I I know that like we've got over we got almost a thousand and a half views I reckon so like I just I don't know I don't know and somebody got a hold of me about a sponsorship the other day and I don't I don't know I guess we'll reckon we'll reckon and see we'll figure it out but I don't know 
I do not know anymore. I'm half fucking asleep right now and I'm sicker than a damn dog. That antibiotic's kicking my damn ass. Lord in mercy. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. I won't fucking pass out before eight. I gotta get the youngin' up. I ain't slept. I ain't been sleeping. I've been working out a lot. I got a lot of energy. Uh, last week and a half, I, I may take a nap for an hour, and then I get back up, and I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. Uh, I sent a bunch of stuff out. Sent beard oil and all that stuff out. And by God, they sent it back in the mail. People had orders. They sent it back in the mail, and they said, you know. Your stamp, essentially, your fucking stamps ain't no good here. So, I got to go down to the post office. I get stamps because I just put like five or six ambassadors on there. These motherfuckers want eight. Some eight for a damn necklace. Or no, six for a necklace. It'd probably be about eight for a damn uh, beard oil. But, dude, I, I avoid post office. I swear to God, they try to rip your ass off. I go down there and they start telling me like, you know, you're supposed to get them, um, what you call it. Some, like you're supposed to get like the, the, the pack and stuff for free or the ship and stuff for free. And you can get it online for free. Right. Like I'll order the, uh, I used to order them, Envelopes, priority mail envelopes, back in the day, whenever I was selling some old stuff. And, like, it was always free. And then you go down there to the office, and they're, they're charging you a bunch of shit, and they're wanting to charge you, like, eight bucks for something that I could send in a goddamn letter um, if I had a big enough envelope. But it's, it's stupid shit. I swear to God, they try to fuck you every turn. But... I have to go down there today. That's and and I you know I ain't, I ain't bitching about it. I just fucking I don't know if they raise the damn prices or what. I've been getting by this whole last year sending out stuff, uh, using stamps. <laughs> oh boy, I tell you, I try. I hate I hate these facilities. And I got a damn uh, expired sticker on my fucking vehicle too. So that's that's fun. because <laughs> it's, it's right next to a goddamn police station. So, but the police around here are generally fucking lazy for the most part. Unless they need to hit up a quota. And in my bed, it's at the end of the fucking month. So they're probably trying to get in whatever they can. So, I need, I need to take my ass easy on this shit I got. But, I swear to God. If it ain't one thing, it's something else. Well, I guess that's about it. Sun's starting to come up. I think I'm going to go fix some eggs. My stomach's still growling. I'm going fucking sick as a damn dog. I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat. Uh, but I guess we're back for a little bit. If we need to take a break or whatever, uh, we will. But for the foreseeable future, I guess, this is the start of season three. So, <laughs> oh, well. I, by God, I'm trying to get these damn interviews set up. We do them, and we're, we're good to go on the other one. We'll sit around and bullshit for a while with people that it's probably, it's probably like a hell of a lot better than me. Uh, so, there's that. All right. I'm half asleep, too. God damn. It's going to be a hell of a day, bulls. Hell of a day, by God. So, hopefully you're doing good and take care of yourselves. Don't be fucking stupid. <laughs>